another thing that is diffused from China into other places, and not just the States, everywhere around the world seems to have a Chinatown. You know, London has a Chinatown, New York has a Chinatown, Boston has a Chinatown, LA has a Chinatown, San Francisco mm-hmm. has a Chinatown. I'm sure that they're in Germany and France too. I'm just, I've never, I've never actually technically heard of them, but I feel like I could put money on the table that somewhere in Paris, there's a Chinatown. Probably. I wanted to kind of examine this. Is there, a, is there an America town in Beijing? I don't really feel like there is. Like why going one way mm-hmm. is that, you feel there is? Oh, I don't ahead. know if there is Correct a, me. that's really funny because there is a german uh sort of center and there's a korean sort of center which is wanting um and then there's mm-hmm. kind yeah. of a uh, another korean center in udalko um mm-hmm. there yeah there's no american town or, or whatever i don't know it's uh because i don't know what really qualifies it as american yeah, I'm, I'm just wondering about this. I mean, I don't have a right? solution. I was just asking the question. Here in Wuhan, I had a friend recently because I, I vlog and I go over the town and they're like, oh, they've, they've lived mm-hmm. here 10 years. So sometimes they tell me, oh, you should go try this place. So I went to a place recently that's like a French part of Wuhan. Yeah. It's like a French villa area. So I went in and there's this huge sign that says like French town or something. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. I went in and it was like, I didn't see a single French person. There were just Chinese people and there were like laundromats and it would be like le laundromat or whatever, you know, and it was like, <laughs> like the Chinese characters on top and then like French words below. But I didn't, I was there walking around for quite a while. I don't know, maybe an hour. I didn't see any French people there. You know, you go to yeah. Chinatown in San Francisco, you don't see like a, just a bunch of Americans like hanging out selling you Chinese stuff. It's like Chinese people. It's like a place for Chinese, you know, generational people yeah. to live there. But like the places I go here, I don't feel like, you know, you're right. In Wang, Wangjing in a in a Beijing, there is a lot of there are a lot of Koreans there. Like there are Korean shops, you see Korean places everywhere. It's kind of like kind of like a Korean area. But you go to like America, Okay, San Francisco has a Japantown and it has a Chinatown. And the mission mm-hmm. really is kind of like all the Latin American countries that they hang out in the mission. And you go to North Beach and it's more or less like Italy town, Italian town or whatever. It's like yeah. all of these Italian restaurants. And so in America, it seems like these cloistered off areas that are like for a particular group of other nationalities. In China, yeah. there are areas where people have accumulated a little bit. But there's no like place where it's like demarcated as a particular group of people's place. Instead, you find like expats from everywhere living everywhere. And then maybe there are bell curve areas where they live more. Like maybe there are more foreigners, like expats living in the San Tun area generally than like dashing or something. Yeah. But like you go to San Francisco and there are Chinese people living all over the city. You know, like in the Sunset District, there are tons of Chinese folks that live there. Yeah. And there's like a lot of restaurants Mm -hmm. all together in the same kind of places over there, but it's not demarcated as a Chinatown. I guess maybe there's a history to like possibly like xenophobia in (laughs) these Western places where like the Chinese people maybe needed to like, okay, we're coming together here. This is going to be our place to protect ourselves from these crazy cowboys. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not not sure. I'm just guessing. My guess is, my guess is we follow the same logic, which actually makes makes a little bit of sense, actually, if you think about it. Um, Because I imagine the first batch of immigrants 
going to the United States probably didn't speak English and it was a lot easier for them to stick together and, mm. you know, try to survive. Whereas, and then the kind of whole Chinatown uh, culture and business came from the fact that they needed to make a living there. So they started their own business. But mm. uh, most of the foreign restaurants here that you see were kind of started to cater to the expat community it wasn't mm, really mm. you know and there's also i imagine there's not that many um statistically like a big number of expats living in china where they would have to start their own business to support themselves mm, mm. so there it's more like oh they need certain kind of services they need mm. restaurants to help them ease into the the food culture here and that's how these places began uh, started to come around and um, Chinese uh, customers were like, oh, this is something new and different that I'd like to try as well. So I felt like the way or the reason that these different communities came up were, were different. And that's how mm. it's operated differently as well. Mm. I, mm. I don't so know. Economics. Economics. Yeah. Maybe. I have a question and I don't know the answer. Okay. Where does boba come from, Alex? I think Taiwan. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Well, so it's very popular in the U.S., Tons of people are into boba. I even remember when I was young in college, boba was already a thing. That's a long time ago. So it was like, oh, they were going to this boba shop. What's that? We put tapioca in the tea <laughs> with milk and sugar. And I'm like, yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's very it's very popular. It's definitely Did diffused. people use tapioca before like boba tea was a thing in the United States? I feel like. It's something my grandma eats. You know, it's like from her generation, tapioca was, it's like, hey, we're going to have some tapioca, okay? <laughs> it's like, all right, mm, what's that? You know, Interesting, because I, I started, it, that was never, it just, that question really just popped into my mind when you were talking, when you used it, because mm, boba mm. is kind of a made up, uh, made up word, right? It didn't, it's not a, an English word. It kind of, it's just important. It was imported and it just became a, a word that people use. What's the Chinese word for boba? <laughs> Nothing that sounds like boba. It's called jinju, which is huh. pearl. So someone was just like, yeah. this looks like a boba. Let's just call it that then. I wonder, because <laughs> the confusion was that I saw boba tea places that sell bubble teas. <laughs> uh. I don't know if it's just a mispronunciation of the word bubble and then it became uh, But even bubble is not pearl. So I don't, I really don't know. Well, it does kind of, you know, it has the shape of a bubble and it's it, in a it, liquid. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I maybe guess. you're onto something. I think you you have it. So my, my next question is for you. You know, you, I'm an American. I've come to China. These are some of the diffusions that I've seen. Obviously, your perspective is, you know, the opposite. So you came from China and you lived in the United States. Yeah. What kind of things did you see Americans doing or that had diffused from China that are really popular that you know? Americans do that got diffused in China. That's a really uh, I both both ways. Either way, what have you noticed? Um that I am missing. I guess one thing that I saw it's not really diffused, but it's get actually gaining popularity but without the roots of it. And then in that way, I guess it is diffusion. It's uh, uh, a lot of these uh, traditional Chinese medicine stuff. So many people, not well, not that many, that's exaggerated, uh. sorry, but a lot of people, especially pro athletes, they're really going with the whole mm. uh, methods of like, you know, the traditional Chinese medicine way of treating their mm -hmm. muscle injuries or their pain, their muscle mm -hmm. pains, like uh, uh, acupuncture and cupping. I, my friends in New York were, was, they were introducing me to uh, 
acupuncturists in Chinatown, but I didn't I didn't go. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, I feel like acupuncture somehow made its way through yeah. to 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 America. But somehow drinking hot water hasn't made its way through yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's one. That's something that's that I was surprised to see. Like people are like, oh yeah, you want to go to my acupuncturist? I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, it's a it's a dancer friend, and she goes to do that. Like I think every week or two weeks. To treat her body. I think you're right. Even when I was young, acupuncture was already becoming a thing. And a lot of people do that now. I have a lot of expat friends who live here in, in China who, who swear by it. And they're like, yeah, this is a huge thing that seems to be. Yeah, I've only done it once. I actually haven't done it. No, no, I take that back. I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Because I, I think I drank that night. <laughs> my <laughs> my uncle, um, my Chinese uncle, my wife's uncle, technically, he, uh, I showed mm-hmm. up to, to a dinner recently this year and he was like, okay, Jason, this is going to help you lose weight. And he started sticking needles in my, oh, no. in my stomach. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this doesn't hurt at all. You know, it, was, it didn't, it, you know, like getting an injection hurt more. It was totally like, sh- like more slender than that and then i was sitting yeah. there and they're like i don't know 10 people in the room and i have my belly out <laughs> how did it feel Jason? <laughs> well i just have these needles sticking it, it was fine it was fine actually i did lose some weight after that huh? um can i go visit you guys <laughs> take me to your uncle he seems to be know what he's doing and you know i felt, it felt very safe because you know he was taking them out of these like sealed bags so i was like okay cool hmm. yeah go for it uncle Cha 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 cha, and they just stick yeah, all these needles. Because for for me, I thought I would think that you know, uh, massage, and of course, people do a lot of that, mm, mm, and mm. other non-invasive traditional Chinese yeah. medicine would be more popular. But f- for some reason, the most invasion that Chinese traditional medicine could do, which is poking little holes in your body, and which is acupuncture, gained so much popularity mm, mm. in the in the states. I was like, hmm, wonder. There's a lot of, I was thinking about this, you know, we've talked about in previous episodes, really great business ideas. You know, the Chinese cough syrup, the Chinese cough syrup, the like Chinese traditional, yeah, it's like a sweet syrup. You put it in your throat and then you stop coughing. Pipagol. Is that it? I'm I, actually, I think so. I'd have, to, I'd have to see the bottle to remember exactly. It is the best cough suppressant I've ever had. It is amazing. You know, I was thinking about it just now while you were talking about acupuncture. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, I need to do is figure out how they make this and then just start making it in America. I'll be rich. Because I've tried like all the Robitussins and the whatever Dayquil, NyQuil stuff. And, you know, that uses a really powerful drug called, uh, I can't remember, DXM or something, dextromethorphan. And uh, it's a really powerful drug a drug actual drug but like the chinese medicine is yeah. not based on like the use of drugs it's just like a kind of a syrup but it works way better and immediately you you put it in your throat and within a two seconds three seconds you're not coughing 
and it lasts for a couple hours at least. It is one of the best cough syrups I've ever had. This traditional Chinese medicine. Yeah, cough syrup. it does. There's even no technology involved in the making of those things because there's another kind of uh, syrup. I think the one you had is like the what do you call those kind of fruits? The lo, the loquats or something like that. But they also make those really sticky and dense cough syrup with just pears. If you have patience, you could just make that. And but don't you know, tell people the recipe. That's going to be my business. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I'll pay you 20 quite for the loss of uh, disclosing business secrets. <laughs> My wife makes me uh, like a Chinese uh, traditional medicine tea when I feel, say I I might be getting a cold. She, oh, okay. I'll be right back. And then she goes and makes tea. Right, really <laughs> fast. Drink this. Okay, sure. And, you know, I swear that it does help because usually, you know, your own body. And I'm like, okay, if I can feel a cold coming on, you could kind of like register it's going to be maybe about this bad based on my initial symptoms and you can kind of feel it's going to be how many day arc you can have a guess maybe you're wrong but you know i'm old enough to know that i what's going to happen and since i started taking these teas i feel like i don't get sick as long or as extremely as i maybe would have and so i feel like this is a lot of amazing benefit to traditional chinese medicine yeah i guess you're not disclosing what goes into your tea as well it tastes delicious i don't know my, my wife does it for me she goes and gets a bag and pours <laughs> <laughs> something in there and like hot water and like mixes it like sh you know she knows the whole routine I, I i wouldn't even know if i was in a, a a medicine shop here in china or a traditional chinese medicine shop which thing to buy like a, it's the greenish it's the greenish bag i don't know that one maybe <laughs> also just not good at reading chinese characters so it's too different it's too different i i tr i'm trying work on it jason <laughs> so you know what other things from <laughs> okay. like the west have become really popular in china in the last 30 years i would say coffee coffee started coffee. that's the popularity probably started in the the last 30 years but i think it was imported way before that like people were drinking coffee way before that but only people that had some sort of contact with Western culture. Mm. Like if they were diplomats or, you know, they were like business people that traveled really far and came back and those people were drinking coffee. Cause I know some uh, um, uh, really mm. classy ladies in the 1920s mm. and they were drinking, they were already drinking coffee. But it, I think coffee, I don't remember when the first Starbucks came mm. to China, but I think in the past 20 years, it was like, it just that the whole coffee industry just exploded. Milkshake here. with the uh, coffee flavor, Starbucks. <laughs> the the Frappuccino, I can't drink that anymore. I'm too old. To... It's too much sugar. Oh my goodness. Listen to yourself, Jason. <laughs> yes, I've become old. <laughs> You know, in addition to the village or the area that was for um, uh, 
the French to live in that they don't live in here in Wuhan. There was another place. <laughs> uh, actually, I have two little stories. So there's another place here in Wuhan. It's called Wuhan Flower Gallery. And it's like a huge mm-hmm. park with like rides for kids. And like, what are those the little horses called? Ponies, ponies for the kids too. There's a helicopter ride you can take there. But in the middle of this like um, theme park place with lots of flowers, there's a French villa. And it has like a clock tower and all of these old French looking style buildings and cafes and stuff. And, you know, I have another parallel with that because, again, no actual French people. But, you know, Chinese people love like <laughs> international architecture, just like it's very popular in the United States to see like Japanese and Chinese architecture. There, there's this place in Modesto, California, and it's like a little um, it's hard to find. It's on this street called McHenry way out in the countryside where like some Chinese people moved and they built like a tiny little Taoist temple for themselves. And it has two or three different buildings and complexes. And I remember being a young man and you could kind of almost see it from the road. And the young people would pull off into the, uh, the sticks, you know, into the, into the brush and sneak onto their property to go and like just take pictures of themselves in these buildings and around this area because it, it was so beautiful. A lot of Americans, I think there's kind of a romance with like Chinese style architecture, like because it's very, very different from like the architecture around everywhere else. I think that's one of the big reasons people like Chinatown. People go to Chinatown because they have a lot of like architecture in these areas that's very dissimilar to the surrounding area. And it's like very unique and therefore kind of beautiful because of its originality relative to all of the other architecture around it. Yeah. I've never been to the Chinatown in in San Francisco, but in in Boston and I'm trying to remember New York. It's kind of a distant memory, but in in Boston, there's a big like archway um, Mm. that says, uh, something. It doesn't say Chinatown, but it says, you know, Chinatown in a different language or something. <laughs> but um, I don't remember, I really don't remember New York having architecture that is so uniquely Chinese because it's kind of like the, it's in the lower, super lower part of Manhattan. Everything's like super crowded. Um, and the only, actually, matter of fact, the only architecture that I remember from a uh, New York Chinatown was a was a church. Hmm. Like that's the only like really different thing in the middle of Chinatown and that church went through a lot of uh, restoration and you know it went under attack a couple of times and I felt like that stayed longer um than the the architecture Chinese architecture and I feel like sometimes when people say Chinese architecture I'm like you know what what are you really referring to? It, it feels mm-hmm. like people are talking about like temples mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like you know, actually, you reminded me of something. Here in Wuhan, in a place called uh, Wuchang, there's a place called Valley Optic Square. And in Valley Optic Square, they have like an Italy street. They mm-hmm. have those little like, I don't know, it's what it's called, uh, like the gondola, the little boats that you row out and you push the stick yeah, on the yeah, yeah. They have that. And they have this huge, gigantic, like Catholic church-like structure that's not a Catholic church. So it looks exactly like a really beautiful, like 
200-year-old Catholic church. You walk inside and there's a Burger King inside. <laughs> Beautiful. It, it, no, it's really cool though. You know, it has little, they have the little rows of the wooden seats that look like they're going to, there's going to be like a, a wedding there or something. And then Burger King. Yeah. It's really just fascinating. I will, I will say though that uh, some of these chains, this uh, either coffee or fast food chains, they really did the whole you know, blending in with if you're going to a tourist city, they really did the blending mm. in part. Um, they really made a lot of effort. We went to when we were traveling earlier this year, we went to Guangxi province and we saw we went to different mm -hmm. Starbucks and they were in different sections of the city and wherever they're in, they try to be part of that neighborhood. It's mm -hmm. not always mm -hmm. just that green uh brand the green uh, uh board outside with the siren mm. in the middle and the inner decoration is different and they try to be you know part of the culture of where they are and that's actually that's mm -hmm. pretty fun I, I i like that part you know trying to be um a member of of where this shop is i think they have that in beijing you know um Qianmen with a Q, Qianmen, they have yeah, these yeah, yeah. the three-floor Starbucks that looks like has like blends in with the rest of the architecture around it. Right. I, I haven't been to that one yet, but I think I heard about it. But also a three-floor Starbucks is really excessive. <laughs> like, <nah. laughs> you know, it's like really narrow. It's like a, ah. they didn't have a lot of... So you go in the first floor, it's just for ordering. And then you have to go to the second floor for seating. And if there's overflow you go to the third floor so yeah it'll be too late i'll be too lazy to go up to the third floor <laughs> you know we didn't get to every topic i wanted to talk about but uh we covered a lot and we are at the end of the show alex as usual it's a great pleasure speaking with you always learning and learning I was, a jinx <laughs> i'm always yeah. learning as well um for both cultures we'll learn from one another next time then <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep this going thank you for your time sweet talk to you next time mm -hmm.